0: More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. Throughout this entire five-day broadcast week, the topic for discussion on our More Than Conquerors radio program will be one that's not very popular, but one that needs to be confronted head-on by every Bible-believing Christian. Over the next five days, Pastor Ray will expose and provide practical solutions to the conquering of life's four most common fears, the fear of God, the fear of death, the fear of man, and the fear of failure. Each, if not dealt with and overcome, has the ability to paralyze the believer and make him ineffective for God's use. Pastor Ray therefore encourages anyone who has missed any of these five life-changing broadcasts to contact More Than Conquerors through the Living Word website or by mail and request that day's lesson. Which of your fears needs to be conquered today?
1: Now, today, what I wanted to talk to you about is conquering the fear of failure. You didn't hear it. The fear of failure. You know how many people have dreams and visions locked up on the inside of them, but because of the fear of failure, that they're going to fail at something that they really want to do in their life, they have held back from doing it because they're afraid that they're going to fail. Let me tell you what, as a Christian, you cannot fail because the life of God is in you, and God has already programmed you for success in every area of life. Give me a better amen or I'm preaching a half hour longer. You are programmed for success. Let's look in, in Joshua, the book of Joshua. And this will be our pivotal scripture, but then I want to get into a couple of other things. And I, uh, It says here, God tells Joshua that he's taken the children of Israel into the promised land. He's taking them over to that place where he promised them that they would have abundance and have this this beautiful land. And uh, he says here in verse 3, he says, Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. Notice something. Even though God has given them the promise of the land, he still told them that they have to possess it. Let me tell you what, Folks. Let me tell you something. Listen to me and listen clearly. Every promise that's contained in God's word is for your taking, but you have to take it. God has given it by his grace, but faith must reach out and grab it for its own. Faith has to be active and faith has to be working. Even though God, even though the word tells us, we see that all the promises of God are yes and amen. Some of these promises will just lie dormant in some sort of safety deposit box until one, somebody, one of God's children rises up and says, I'm going to take that for myself. So even though God has given us freely his promises, he wants us to rise up in faith and grab hold of them. That's why he says here, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. It's already a given. You put your foot on it. You put your faith on it, and God will manifest it in your life. Give the Lord a shout. So you see, uh, this dispels this idea that I can just... I can just idly stand around and expect God to do something for me. If you're just standing around expecting God to do something for you, nothing's going to happen nothing's gonna happen. You have to be active in your faith. You have, to, you have to put the sole of your foot on the promises of God. When you find a promise from God's word that suits you, you find a promise that you need for your life, whether it be for healing, for prosperity, for health, for whatever it be, uh, for, for, to do well, to, to, to succeed for your children, for your future, whatever it be, when you find that promise, you have to put your foot on it. You have to say, that's mine. I claim it in the name of Jesus. And until your faith activates that promise, we'll just be hanging out there looking for somebody to grab it. The promise just kind of hangs out there until faith reaches out and says, I'll take it and I'll have it. So he says, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. And then he begins to demark the whole area from the wilderness of Lebanon. We're not gonna read all that. Now, I want you to uh, focus in on verse five. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Now, let me, let me just tell you something here. I've got so much to say today and so little time to say it, so bear with me. If I start talking real fast, just listen real hard. Now, now the interesting thing or the important thing to to say here is that every word in the Bible is a promise from God to you. So when God was speaking this to Joshua, he was not only speaking it to Joshua, but he was speaking it to everyone who would follow in the same kind of faith that Joshua had. Can Can you receive that? That's why when you read the Bible, whether you're in the Old Testament or the New Testament, read it as if God is speaking to you directly. You have to see that God is talking to you. So when we look at these verses, when he says in verse 5, no man, say "No no man. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. So when God spoke that promise to Joshua, he wasn't only speaking to Joshua, he was speaking to you and me. He's speaking here to Pastor Ray. Praise God, I'll just put my own name in there. No man will be able to stand against me. So he says, I will, uh, no man will be able to stand before you. You know, that also tells me, this also signals to me that there are some times we're going to have some warfare. People are going to try. The devil is going to try. Don't think it's strange that you have warfare and you have struggle. I thought when I first got saved and I got hold of this word of faith that it was just going to be a bed of roses. Oh, man, I got the victory. I'm a child of the king. I'm a king's kid. Everything's just going to be all right. And there were some times when things weren't all right in the natural. And I thought to myself, why am I struggling? Well, listen, you know, it was Smith Wigglesworth that made this statement. I thought it it set me free. It said, great victories come out of great battles. How would we ever shout a victory if we've never had a battle? How can we testify to the power of faith and the power of God and the miracle of God and the the mercies of God if we never had to endure a little warfare? A little warfare is good for the soul. A little warfare is good because every warfare is nothing other than an opportunity to have a victory and then an opportunity to give testimony to that victory. I'm going to tell you what, some of you going through a hard time, you've got to get this in your spirit and get it in your heart. You need to stand up and begin to rejoice and thank God and thank God through this thing because let me tell you what, a day is coming. God said, said, no one's going to be able to stand against you. Everywhere you place the sole of your foot, it's going to be yours. You're going to get it. See, but so many people are afraid to just get up and get started. So many people are just afraid to get up and start doing something, man. We're we're just, we're stuck. We're stuck because we're afraid that if we launch out, we're going to fail. Well, I want to kick that fear of failure right out of your life today because you have been programmed to succeed in everything that you do. If you'll put God first and put his principles first, everything you lay your hands to shall prosper. Let me tell you what, God didn't make no junk. He made you and programmed you and put something good in you. And every human being that knows God and comes to know God has been born with a purpose. God's got a purpose. God's got a purpose for your life. And if you are willing and you are obedient, God is about to put the best that he has into your hands. But you can't be afraid to fail. People who are afraid to fail will never try. They'll be stuck in four walls and they'll complain and they'll moan and they'll groan how cramped, how stinky, how hot, how awful, but they'll never ever think to rise up and say, I don't have to be confined by these four walls. God's got something better for me and I'm going to get it with everything I've got. That's putting your soul to the promises the sole of your foot to the promises of God. That's that's rising up in the spirit of faith and saying, I don't have to take it anymore. I don't have to live like this anymore. I don't have to be here anymore. I don't have to answer to that boss who who doesn't appreciate me anymore. God will put a business in my hand or God will give me a better job or God will make me the boss of the company and I could fire him. Hallelujah. Come on. Give the Lord a shout. If you never try, you will never succeed. And many, for the fear of failure, will not even try. And I believe that's, that's just, a, that's just a, a, a terrible thing. It's, it's a terrible thing. Because God, by these verses, we see that God has created us to succeed and to prosper and to be the best at everything we do. So verse 6 says, be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. He tells them, here's the key, be strong and be of good courage. Verse 7, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do. Now listen, you've got to do something. Say, I've got to do something. I think the day of Christians just sitting on a chair like a bump on a log and expecting blessings to fall out on them, you better wake up. You better get right. You better shake that laziness off of you because it says you've got to do something. You've got to break loose from those memories of the past. Once you come to know Jesus and you have the spirit of God in you and you start walking according to the word and the principles of God, you can't help but be a success. Failure is not in the mixture. Fail, failure is not in the equation. You're going to make it. You're going to, I, I need to tell some of you because I know some of you, you're hoping and believing. Some of you launched that in some new businesses and some of you are thinking about it. And some of you have gotten new jobs or gone back to school to get more education so that you can go do something really good with your life. I want to tell you something. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. You're going to make it. You are going to make it because God is with you. God is with you. The devil loves to work in the realm of fear. That is what he works best with. He loves to taunt people with fear. He loves to speak to you. Uh, you know, just put these little, these little thoughts in your mind. You're not going to make it. That's why the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews, taking every thought captive and making it, forcing it, pushing it into the obedience of Christ. If God said it, I can have it, and that is that. I'm going to have it. Good. So the word of God tells us, he says, be strong and be of good courage. And then he says in verse seven, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do. You better be checking it out. Are you doing, are you doing the word of God? You're you're not going to get to, you're not, listen, you're not going to get to your dream, your destiny, your purpose. If you're doing something other than the word of God, I don't care, you know, how far you've come without operating or working in the word of God. It's time for you to get smart and get wise you got to do it according to God's principles. Listen, you want to prosper financially? I, I have to just tell you the way it is. There's something called the tithe. you got to tithe if you want God's protection over your finances. It's like insurance. You give God the tenth of every dollar that you earn and you bring home, and God lets you keep 90%, and he doesn't only let you keep the 90%, but he gives you insurance on that 90%. to. you have got to do the principles of God's word. And you've got to observe, be, be careful that you are doing it. You've got to live according to the principles of God's word. It's the only way that you will be protected. It's the only way that you'll be able to battle. It's the only way that you will end up being victorious in every battle. You've got to do God's word. So he says, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all. Say all. You can't just be, you can't just do part of the word of God. You know I many Christians I know that just pick and choose whatever they want to do? Don't be a pick-and-choose kind of Christian. you got to be an all-or-nothing kind of Christian. Hallelujah. i got to say it. you got to be an all-or-nothing kind of Christian. The discotheque did nothing for me. The spirit of the world did nothing for me. It robbed me. It cheated me. It took my money. It gave me no hope and no promise for a future. Praise God that when I got saved, praise God that when I got into the kingdom, praise God when I became familiar with the word of God, I got hope and blessing and future and all God asked me to do was to get into the book and do it. Stop being a half-hearted Christian. Start doing all, everything that the book of the law says, the Bible. Do everything the Bible teaches. Find areas in your life that need corrections and adjustments and begin to adjust your life according to the word of God. Here's the promise. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you, uh, that you may prosper wherever you go. Let me tell you what, being a person of the word, being in the word, and being a kingdom principle person, a Bible principle person, I live by the principles of the Bible. I'm constantly adjusting my life, my attitude, my, all kinds of things in my life to make them fit the principles of God's word. And he said, if you will do that, then you're going to prosper wherever you go. Listen, if you're in business, don't you fashion your business after worldly principles? You fashion it after the word of God and godly principles, and that's how you're going to be a success. You take what God gives you and blesses you with, and you bless the kingdom of God back, and you treat your people right, and you pay them right, and you respect them, and you, you honor them and don't just demand it from them, but you give it back to them. And God says, when you live the kingdom principles, then prosperity is coming into your hands. If you work from somebody, don't you be like the world and be like the rest and try to cheat and connive and talk badly about uh, your superiors and, and, and try to steal something from the company. You, you rise up like a Christian and you, you live by Christian principles. And the Bible says here that you're going to prosper. You're not going to fail. You're going to prosper everywhere you go. Amen. So it says here, this book of the law, verse 8, shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night. What are you supposed to do with the word of God? Meditate Meditate in it day and night. That you may observe to do. Again, he says observe to do. How many of you are doers? Be not hearers of the word only, but doers. This is what he says. He says the book of the law shall not depart of your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night. That you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way. Look at what it says. It says you're going to make your way. You're not going to fail. When you give your all to God. You can't fail. He says, you're going to make your way. You're going to make your way. See, most of us are waiting for God to do something. That's right. Good. Hallelujah. We're just sitting around waiting for God. God, when are you going to do it? God says, you're going to make your own way. Pr-. Listen, if you don't like, your, if you don't like your, your poverty, then start making your way prosperous. That's right. Well, what am I going to do? I don't know. I don't live in you. I don't think it with your brain. But I'll tell you what, God's got an idea for you. God will give you a way out of your poverty. He says, you're going to make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. Say, I will have good success. I will have good success. success. It's going to happen because God has programmed every one of us to succeed. God did not make anybody to fail. God made every one of us to succeed. And we will if we follow the outline that we have here in being a word person. Getting hold of the word, seeking how to do the word. Now, I want you to go over to, um, let me get with my notes here. I want you to go over to 1 Samuel. And last time that we were together, I spoke a little bit about Goliath and uh, David and Goliath. And I want to go back over this, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I want to point out a couple of things in talking about breaking the spirit of the fear fear of failure. Um, now, chapter 17 and it says here: Here are the armies of Israel. You know they're just doing God's will and minding their business. How many in this room are doing God's will and minding your business and still end up with warfare? Amen. How many of you ever said that? Why am I here? Why is this happening to me? Come on. Yes. I go to church. I tithe. I pray. I do this. I don't bother anybody. I don't talk to any, about anybody. I don't have any unforgiveness. Let me tell you what. Just the fact that you have warfare doesn't mean that you're out of the will of God. Sometimes when you have warfare, it means you're right in the middle of the, of the will of God. And here are the armies of Israel who are just minding their business. And it says, now the Philistines gathered their armies together to battle, to battle against Israel. And verse 2 says, and Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and they encamped and drew up in battle array against the Philistines. The Philistines stood on a mountain on one side and Israel stood on the mountain on the other side with a valley between them. And a champion, hallelujah, a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a, and a span, that means over nine feet tall. He had a bronze helmet on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, that's a heavy coat of armor, body armor, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze, And he had a bronze armor on his legs and bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of his spear was like the weaver's beam. And the iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels, and the shield bearer went before him. him. And he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And you, the servants of Saul, choose a man for yourself and let them come down for me." If he is able to fight with me and kill me, we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you will be our servants and serve us. And listen to verse 10. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man who may fight together, who we may fight together. Verse 11, listen. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. That's verse 11. Verse 11. We could keep on reading, but I want you to go over. David shows up on the, on the scene, and it says in verse 16, the Philistine drew near and presented himself 40 days, morning and evening. Verse 24, it says, all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. I, I'm going to tell you what, the reason why the whole army of Israel was in total terror and fear of failure against Goliath is contained within verses 11 and 24. The reason why only one man, David, was able to rise up and ultimately fight and take Goliath down was because he refused to do what the entire army did that's found in verse 11 and verse 24. And those two things again in verse 11 said, when Saul and all Israel heard the words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Verse 24, it says, when all the men of Israel, when they saw the man fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. Let me tell you what, these these folks were absolutely, totally being driven by sense knowledge, by what they heard and what they saw. And the best way to get yourself set up for failure and the fear of failure is to be led or be impressed or be directed by what you hear and what you see. My Bible says that we who are going to, we Christians, the only way that we're going to be able to fight this fear of failure in our life, we're not going to look at those things which are seen, but to those things which are not seen because the things which are seen are temporary, temporary, temporary. But that which is not seen is eternal, eternal, say eternal. So, so the cause of their fear of failure was found in these two things. They heard and they saw what they were doing. They had their eyes fixed and their ears fixed on this champion. Let me tell you what sometimes the devil is going to bring out his best against you. Sometimes there's going to seem like there's a giant before you, and that giant is going to stand before you and speak all kinds of things. Why you can't? why you won't, why it'll never happen. You're not big enough. You're not smart enough. You're not good enough. You're not educated enough. You don't have enough help. You don't have enough people. You don't have enough support. You don't have this. You don't have that. And it's, it, it, it's, it's sort of like this setup right here. God has has blessed the the armies of Israel. God has told them to just keep on going and keep on winning warfares. And all of a sudden, they're confronted with this Goliath. How many of us, as we're just moving along in life, are presented with a Goliath? And if we're not careful, these Goliaths in our lives are going to speak. And they're going to present something to us. And if we look and we listen with our natural ear, we're going to fall prey to the fear of failure. And that's really the enemy's setup because if he can get you into fear, he's got you out of faith. We un- you understand that. Faith and fear are opposite one another. You can't be in faith and be in fear at the same time. Faith overtakes fear and renders it ineffective in our lives. Fear can also take faith and render it ineffective in your life. So, so we're going to have to be careful of what we listen to and what we hear. Let me give you a couple of verses to nail this down. And it says here in Mark uh, 4.24, he said to them, take heed what you hear. This is Jesus speaking in Mark 4.24. He says, take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you and to you who hear, more will be given. If we hear more faith, more faith will be given to us. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. See? But if we listen to doubt and unbelief and fear things, then more fear is going to come on us. So whatever we listen to is going to produce something in our lives. Our hearing and what we are hearing is producing something in our lives. What happened to to the children, to the armies of Israel, is that they were looking, listening and looking at the wrong thing.
0: Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray.